93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Kevins here. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on the Circle in her place. And of course, the show today will be out the, about the indictment of Donald Trump. And look, as we get going today, we're going to spend much of our time focused on the indictment of Trump. And we're going to do that because Ethan, I think, and and you don't want to be instant reaction guy when you talk about historical perspective, because that's the world in which we live. For for this is the most important thing that's ever happened. Twenty seconds after it's happened, but I I do strongly feel that the reality now that a former president has been indicted on a case that is pathetically weak and is clearly political is a new frontier in America that deserves much of our attention. This is incredibly strange to me, Rob, and I'm still puzzled over what the Democrats hope to achieve by this move, whether they truly want to defeat the Donald Trump or whether they're attempting to elevate him ahead of the primaries. I I don't understand. They they have 30, like you said, flimsy charges. We don't know what the nature of those are yet because the indictments are sealed, but it seemed like for a while there that the grand jury wasn't even going to indict. there was internal squabbling between the DA's uh, uh, office and the grand jury. So what's ha- what's even going on? Yeah, it, I mean, again, it's sort of like this new frontier that we have now entered in which even though we were a fiercely divided nation and have been for many, many years now and people with various strongly held polit- political beliefs really didn't like each other or care for each other. And I think it largely got amplified and amped up during the Iraq war. There was always sort of, it was like in the civil war and you're a historian, so you'll appreciate this. There was always a very clear agreement that at a certain point, there are certain lines we don't cross. There are certain things we don't do. Uh, There will be a timeout on the field where we will clear the bodies off and no one will shoot at each other. There were just, no matter how much people hated each other, there were certain lines We didn't cross in this country. And with the Trump indictment, it feels like we have now jumped into the abyss. We have reached a point of no return. And I am very fearful. I am very scared for the direction of the country, not because it's Trump, but it's because we are talking about things that were that are clearly I mean, you have heard legal people on both sides say clearly these are not felonious things actions these are misdemeanor charges if anything i mean again we should not in legal society have our prosecutors whether it's trump or duke lacrosse or whoever attempting to jam square pegs into round holes and this guy is trying to jam a square peg into the smallest round hole ever conceived. What we potentially have here and why it's so damaging is because this could potentially be an opening of the floodgates. And it's a discussion that began in earnest, if you'll recall, around the Mar-a-Lago raid, which was the weaponization of the Justice Department. And I think we can broaden that to a weaponization of the judicial branch more generally and how damaging that could be to the institutional integrity of our republic. It's a frightening concept. And I think that's why people are taking this rather seriously as they should. So one of the things we will do today, we're going to have a lot of audio from a variety of different people, and I'm doing that deliberately because when historical things happen, and you know, make no mistake, this is absolutely historical, whether the charges stand up, whether he has to go to trial, whatever, I think it's good to hear from a variety of people in the moment in which mm-hmm. it happened to kind of try to give you a consensus 
of reaction on things. And, and I think there's very clear consensus from the audio you're going to hear today, whether it is the political people, whether it is the legal people, whether it is the Trump family. This guy is totally getting railroaded. This is a terrible legal case. Look, if Trump commits some egregious crime or Biden or whoever, then sure, they should be prosecuted. They should be impeached. They should be whatever. But what we see time and time and time again are these just absolute egregious reaches, whether it's the the United States House of Representatives, not once, but twice. Now, these prosecutors in which justice is not prevailing the 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 oath of office that these people uh swear to defend and uphold that is not being done and if and i think the, the thing people need to keep in mind is if they can do it to someone like trump and this is what you need to pay attention to if they can do it to someone like trump they will absolutely do it to you i thought this wasn't even an issue anymore help me out here rob am i incorrect in recalling i thought it was recently discovered that michael cohen in his own correspondence said that he had covered the stormy daniels payoff from his personal funds ne- uh, not being instructed by trump and wasn't reimbursed so i thought there was you know well no- there's also a note from Stormy Daniels claiming it never happened. So let's let's get to the legal side of things, and let's start with Alan Dershowitz. Alan Dershowitz, probably most famous for being the OJ attorney, but he was also Donald Trump's attorney during one of the impeachment hearings. And Dershowitz is interesting because he's super liberal. He's an incredible legal mind, but he's also super liberal. He said, I did not vote for Trump either time. If he runs again, I will not vote for him. Um, and he thinks this will get thrown out, but over the statute of limitations. I think the most important thing is they indicted him when he was out of New York. And that means they could have indicted him within the statute of limitations when he was out of New York. Statute of limitations is way expired. They claim they couldn't have indicted him because he was outside of New York. But now they've indicted him when he's not in New York. So they've made a foolish, foolish decision, which will cause the case to be thrown out, I think, on statute of limitations grounds. And so what is if you're his lawyer right now, what do you make a motion now? Do you wait until the process no, no. gets a little bit you further? Make, what, what is the next step? You make a motion immediately to dismiss on statute of limitations grounds and on the grounds that uh, the, the alleged crime doesn't fit the, the misdemeanor or the felony. Now, I haven't seen the indictment, obviously, so I'm talking in general terms, but in general right. terms. You make a motion to dismiss on both statutory grounds and statute of limitations grounds. And the statute of limitations grounds should prevail. Now, the New York Court of Appeals has had very negative rulings on that, so it's impossible to predict what will happen. It certainly seems like the deck is incredibly stacked against Donald Trump at every turn in this legal system. And I'm not just talking about the prosecutor. I'm talking about the, the attorney general. I'm talking, talking about the state in which he's being prosecuted. I'm talking about the, uh, clearly this grand jury, the likely jury pool. Everything is stacked against a guy for political reasons in the one area where you would say in a country that is now often wholly political, you don't want politics involved, which is the justice and legal system. The further they go along, the flimsier the charges get. He went through not one, but two impeachment trials from which he was acquitted in the Senate. Uh, how many bites at the apple do these people need? They they weren't able to get him with a, a Ukrainian phone call that now is, has proven to be totally legitimate in its nature. They weren't able to get him on the January 6th riots. It, I, I question whether or not this is going to be dismissed. I mean, certainly the Stormy Jan- Daniels charge dating back to 2016 has aged, but this is saying that they have more than 30 charges. Are some of those potentially more recent? 
Uh, it is the Kendall and Casey show, 93 WIBC. Uh, I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. Uh, legal scholar Jonathan Turley. He's a commentator, uh, really, really sharp legal mind, an author. Um, he also uh, took to the airwaves, I believe this was uh, Newsmax, I think, that he was on, and completely ripped these charges apart. It is. It's historic. It's not necessarily good history uh, that is being made. It's not that I oppose the indictment of a former president. I don't even oppose the indictment of a sitting president on constitutional basis. But this uh, indictment, if it is reportedly following the theories that we've been talking about, is political. It's a raw political prosecution. Now, the indictment may come out with a crime that none of us have heard of, but for many months, this bootstrapping theory has been put out there. This idea that you could take a misdemeanor under New York law that has expired, that has a two-year statute of limitations, and revive it by connecting it to a federal crime, in this case, federal election violation. Now, there's a host of problems with that. First of all, it's a federal crime that the Department of Justice chose not to prosecute. Uh, Bragg's own predecessor declined to prosecute. Uh, But he is attempting to bootstrap that federal crime into a state case. And if that is the basis for the indictment, I think it's rather outrageous. I think it's it's legally pathetic. Uh, I tend to agree with him. I think both Dershowitz and Turley spot on. By the way, that was Fox News that he was on, not not Newsmax. Um, and again, it, it it is just such a scary time that we're in, Ethan, because the last line of defense in the terms of the brilliance of the way the country was set up via the founding fathers, the last line of defense and the one that was always supposed to be the ultimate check and balance was the legal or justice system. And with Donald Trump, whether it is the impeachments or now the prosecutions, we see that that fail safe, it it is ruined. The independence of the uh, uh, judicial branch has been usurped by the influence of the legislative branch and that is polluting the integrity of our constitutional structure. It's frightening. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Trump has responded and uh, we will do one for the audience. We will do the reading of the Trump truth. I know it's always a crowd favorite. We'll be back. The voice, the Whitney, it returns. (laughs) Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's all Trump all the time. 93 WIBC, the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob. Casey's out today. Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on the Circle in for Casey. And uh, yes, of course, the president came out, will be indicted yesterday. Looks like that's going to be on Tuesday. 30 counts total. That's a lot of counts. All Trump all the time. I can only think that he must be incredibly tickled and enthused. Like, this is a dream come true for the Donald. Well, that's the thing, right, Ethan, is people will go, oh, this is bullcrap, and this is terrible, and you know Trump is sitting at home in his underwear, drinking his Diet Coke, scarfing down a Big Mac, just grinning ear to ear, because let's face it, this guy lives and thrives off of attention and drama. And when I say attention, he doesn't need positive attention. He just needs any form of attention. And you know, every talk radio station in America, lead story. Every talk, you know, news station, television station, lead story. Major newspapers, lead story. 
and he is coming off amongst many reasonable people and certainly inside the Republican base in which it looks like he's about to have a very contested primary as a very sympathetic figure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, and that, well, that is circling back to a question that I asked in the first segment, which is what did the Democrats hope to accomplish here? Because I can only imagine that through this indictment, it continues to elevate his prominence and galvanizes the base around him, which, you know, just to lay my cards on the table, I don't want to happen. I'd rather a DeSantis march to victory in the primaries, but this seems like it is ang- angling in Trump's favor, which again makes me scratch my head at the, the goals of the DA attorney here. Like, I, I don't get it. Now, if there is one good thing out of this, it is that our audience will be and is about to be very happy because it means we will probably have a lot more of the epic Trump truthing. Oh, it's yeah. not tweeting anymore. It's truthing. It's all on the truth social media. And Wasn't that, he invited back to Twitter? He was. He is on the Twitter, though he's not doing the tweeting. He is on the face. I believe he is actually on the Facebook. He got back on the Facebook. Um, and boy, this was uh, he responded to the indictment. And um, it's long, and we'll play it by ear how much of this we can get to because, wow, it's really long, and I'm not sure I can do that much of the voice, but we'll sure give it a shot. Maestro. And I, this is the political persecution and election interference at the highest level in history. From the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower, and even before I was sworn in as your president of the United States, the radical left Democrats, the enemy of the hardworking men and women of this country, have been engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. You remember it just like I do. Russia, Russia, Russia. The Mueller hoax. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax one. Impeachment hoax two. The illegal and unconstitutional Mar-a-Lago raid. And now this. Fair points. All things we mentioned. I mean, when you actually lay it out of what they've tried to do to this guy. It is just simply unbelievable and appalling. And this has all happened within seven-ish years. Let me ask you, do you think one of the reasons, I mean, there are many reasons why leftists hate him, but one of them is that he represents the ultimate fulfillment of the American promise that anyone, including you, little Johnny, in class could be president one day. Yeah, I think it's a guy, it's like Rodney Dangerfield and Caddyshack. It's a guy that's not from the club. Yeah. You know, the only reason yeah. I'm here is maybe I'll buy it, you know, sort of thing. And they hate this guy because he 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 did the thing that I wanted him to do, which is why I supported him so much from the beginning, which is he pulled the mask back on who our government is and who the people are who run the government. Ethan, great news. There's more. Oh! And I- the Democrats have lied, cheated, and stolen in their obsession with trying to get Trump. But now they've done the unthinkable. Indicting a completely innocent person in an act of blatant election interference. Never before in our nation's history has this been done. The Democrats have cheated countless times over the decades, including spying on my campaign, but weaponizing our justice system to punish a political opponent who just so happens to be a president of the United States and by far the leading Republican candidate for president. (laughs) 
has never happened before. Ever. <laughs> now, Ethan. Setting aside the fact that he's yes. an ex-president, yeah. though, he also has what we like to refer to as the infinite money. And especially in New York, doesn't the infinite money usually make those misdemeanor charges <laughs> go away? Well, and let's not act like Alvin Bragg is Mr. Tough-on-law guy. Right. I mean, you've got all these uh, dangerous felons who he's reducing down to misdemeanors. He's letting them out on the street. Let's not act like it's Rudy Giuliani circa 1980s out here taking down the mafia. But we really got to drill down on this misdemeanor business fraud charge. Like, oh my God. Now, Ethan, we have to make a very important decision on this show, and I'm going to leave it up to you because you are the guest host today. Door number one, we just go to a commercial break and we come back and we talk more and have some more great audio from various people across the country about this. Or do you want to live dangerously and go behind door number two, which is there's more? In the words of Austin Powers, I, too, like to live dangerously. He kept going! (laughs) (laughs) Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, who was handpicked and funded by George Soros, is a disgrace! Rather than stopping the unprecedented crime wave taking over New York City, he's doing Joe Biden's dirty work. Ignoring the murders and burglaries and assaults he should be focused on. This is how Bragg spends his time. I believe this witch hunt will backfire massively on Joe Biden. The American people realize exactly what the radical left Democrats are doing here. Everyone can see it. So our movement and our party, united and strong, will defeat Alvin Bragg. And then we will defeat Joe Biden. And we are going to throw every last one of these crooked Democrats out of office so we can make America great again. I'm glad we went behind door number two because the more you describe it, in plain detail, the more ridiculous that it seems. And Trump, or not Trump, Rob, you know me. I've yes. often been critical of Trump Very. through his presidency Very. and his propensity to get himself into trouble with yes. his mouth, um, like yes. when he has truthed about uh, putting constitutional rules to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one, I think he's actually all three parts pretty much spot on. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got some audio. Mike Pence was on CNN last night, one of Trump's opponents in the Republican primary is weighing in. We got a lot to get to. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I feel the earth move under my feet. I feel the sky tumbling down. Oh, yeah, it's the Kendall and Casey show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob Kevins here. Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on the Circle in for Casey today. And obviously, much of the show dedicated to this big news that came down last night. Ethan, I had this template. I was rolling on our template yesterday. I'd put in the work. I was rolling. I had audio in there. And then all of a sudden, breaking news. Trump has been indicted. Well, there goes an hour's worth of work. Because (laughs) as we said earlier, I think this is very few shows, would you say, are worthy of dedicating much of the show to a single topic. But I think this is going to be, it is, it's going to be one of the more historical events in American history because it's a new frontier. It's a turning point. Uh, It's a changing of the chapters. And it's not just about whether Trump is convicted of something or Trump runs for president or Trump is the president. It's a new level 
of going after people for solely political reasons. And that, whether it's Democrats going after Republicans, Republicans going after Democrats, it shouldn't happen here. It's That's not us. That's other countries. And now that's not other countries anymore. That's us. Well, what, 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 like we, we mentioned earlier, it's not just a weaponization of the Justice Department now. It's a weaponization of the judicial branch and its independence and integrity. Yeah. Uh, so Mike Pence, I guess this was just luck of the draw, or maybe he scheduled it as soon as uh, he found out. I don't know. But he went. He was on CNN. I love this. Pence is going on CNN now. Like That's where Pence, I guess, is fishing for votes with Wolf, Wolf Blitzer. Uh, but he was on CNN last night, and he, he, at least publicly, says he's none too happy about the prosecution. Well, I think the unprecedented indictment of a former president of the United States on a campaign finance issue is an outrage. And and it appears to to millions of Americans to be nothing more than a political prosecution that's driven by a prosecutor who literally ran for office on the pledge to indict the former president. But it wasn't just, uh, Mr. Vice President, excuse me for interrupting, it wasn't just the prosecutor, the district attorney in New York who did this. This was a grand jury, a grand jury of some 23 people, and you need a majority, 12, to go ahead and criminally indict. Well, I I understand that, and it's been a long time since I was in law school, Wolf, but I remember the old saying, you can indict a ham sandwich, right? Uh, The threshold, the burden of proof is very low. Prosecutors make decisions, discretionary decisions, about what they bring all the time. Federal prosecutors passed on this. The Manhattan DA initially delayed it, passed on it. Uh, but when you have an attorney general in New York and a Manhattan DA that targeted one particular American in their campaigns, I think that offends the notion of, of the overwhelming majority of the American people who believe in fairness, who believe in equal treatment before the law. And this appears to be just one more example, Wolf, of the kind of two-tiered justice system that uh, the American people have had enough of. Now, you know me, and I am loathe to agree with Mike Pence on about anything, but uh, he uh, was spot on with this. I think his analysis of this was very good. Um, and it will be very interesting to see the public, you know, again, polling is not an end-all, be-all to anything, but where the public is on this, because you would think most rational people, I'm not talking about the left, obviously they want to see Trump in jail or in the top of the tower where he can never get out or whatever, but most normal people would say, this probably isn't how it's supposed to work in this country. Yeah, I I think that there seems to be some unanimity amongst the talking heads that this is an egregious infringement on the normal procedure and grossly uncalled for considering the nature of the charges in all likelihood. I also appreciate how Governor DeSantis is handling the situation, refusing to play these political games with the liberals, and I think he also is handling the situation quite intelligently. So you mentioned DeSantis. We'll read his response here in a little bit but it does raise an interesting point on how do because there's there's the societal aspect to it there's that this is not right this is not how it should operate these charges are ridiculous there's that side of it but then there also is the reality that donald trump is the front runner for the republican nomination for president there are and are going to be multiple people running against him and if you're a front runner or even if you're not a front runner if you're a guy trying to make noise how do you handle the Trump indictment, because while it will be good for you to probably get on TV, a la Mike Pence right there, 
if you're overly sympathetic to him, you're just going to lift Trump's stature and standing. If you are, you know, anything other than sympathetic to him, people are going to turn against you. So to steal a line from Seinfeld, good luck with all that. Um, this also opens up a long-term question. Um, if we are now in the universe of indicting uh, former presidents, what happens in a post-Biden presidency, considering his uh, business dealings with his son and China? Well, that's a, you mentioned a great, that's a great point, because there is so much more evidence in terms of, hey, somebody committed a crime, and it was probably a pretty serious one, of Hunter Biden. Let's not even include Joe Biden. Let's talk about Hunter Biden, who did a bunch of stuff on camera. Right. We don't even need Prolific to self-documentary. We don't even need to go. Well, the witnesses, witnesses are saying we've all witnessed it for ourselves, And that guy's just roaming around selling art for five hundred thousand dollars a piece to anonymous donors. But Trump gives some porn star money, allegedly to keep quiet about an affair. And oh, my gosh, seven years later. Well, we better lock him up. Yeah, th- this isn't going anywhere. And I think it only stands to elevate Trump, which it, it's, it's so puzzling. What Again, what the Democrats hope to achieve. I don't... That's the one component that I don't get. Speaking of opponents and people who are going to have to rapidly ascend if they are going to be competitive in the Republican primary, Vivek Ramaswamy, you may know him. He's the guy that uh, he's really rich. He's an entrepreneur. He's the guy that the uh, state of Indiana is giving $4,000 an hour to to help uh, navigate in person how to get out of woke uh, investing. Yes, he's he's doing very well. This is And you know this, Ethan. This is why these people run for president, right? They run for president to get their name out there so you always associate... Oh, yeah, that dude ran for president. So 10 years from now, you can always forever say, and in the little cry on at the bottom, former presidential candidate, and you can make a gajillion dollars off having run and lost for president. I guess. uh, I'm not sure it's too profitable to be the loser. Hey, there ain't no stupid rich people. Well, I mean, dictators and people who got it from their parents. So there are stupid uh, rich people. There we go. There are are very few. (laughs) Let me say, let me me rephrase that. No, I'm just totally wrong on that. There are a lot of stupid rich people. I was trying to figure out a way to spin that to my favor. Let's mark this moment when Rob Kendall had to admit being wrong on the air. I feel like this is a noteworthy, monumental. Yeah, I talked myself right into a corner there on that one. Uh, Anyway, here is Vivek Ramaswamy, even him saying, taking the approach of, hey, this is wrong. Earlier today, my competitor in this race, Donald Trump, was criminally indicted in a politically motivated prosecution. This is wrong. This is dangerous. We're skating on thin ice as a country right now. I think we may be heading on our way to a national divorce. I'm running for president because I care about a national revival instead. But this is a step in the wrong direction. You don't know what Alvin Bragg, he ran on a campaign, a political campaign for his position, pledging to investigate Donald Trump. You don't know what he did today. He delivered on a campaign promise. That is not how our justice system is supposed to work. Justice is supposed to be impartial. If this had been anybody else other than Donald Trump on this set of facts, it would have been charged as a misdemeanor at most, if at all. Always sounds to me like a guy who wants a job in the administration rather than to actually be president. Yeah, But, you know, again, he makes a good point. And when even your opponents are coming out and in a universal voice, at least from the ones we've heard so far, we heard Pence, we've heard this guy, you will hear from DeSantis in a little bit, that are saying this is universally wrong. 
it is only going to lift Donald Trump at least in the Republican primary. Yes, I mean, on the one hand, but on the other hand, it would be political suicide for them to say anything else because this is so ridiculous. I mean, you want to talk about a hot take if yeah. one of these candidates came out and like, no, I, I think Alvin Bragg was right here. Who's the most likely <laughs> one to do that? It's got to be Chris Christie, doesn't it? Uh, Chris Christie's got to be the most likely person to say Trump deserves to go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he, he, he's kind of a slime ball. Uh, real quick, before we get to break. So, uh, friend of, actually, friend of the show, Cash Patel. He used to be uh, part of Trump's National Security Council. He was over at DNI for a while. He's been on this program, been on others here on WIBC. Um, they talked with him uh, about this. Re- a real American voice talked with him about this. And he talked about the uh, leaking from the grand jury. The fact that this has gotten out means there has now been a leak from the grand jury. That's how we know this this is going to happen. And he's right. It's just another part of how the justice system is not working. Uh, my initial reaction is that the New York grand jury and the New York prosecutors have violated the one thing about grand juries you're never supposed to violate, which is leaking to the public when it suits a political narrative or leaking period. They've been doing it forever. I know the latest um, has been confirmed by reporting from President Trump's lawyer that an indictment is pending. But the fashion in which it came out is just not how the criminal justice system is supposed to work. But here's what I think is going to happen. I think this guy probably took a page out of the prosecutors who were trying to get Trump in the Russia hoax investigation and Bob Mueller team, etc. You're probably going to find prosecutorial misconduct, suppression of exculpatory evidence, the same tape that we uncovered in so many of the other prior get Trump prosecutions. And it's probably the main reason, as John highlighted, federal prosecutors at DOJ and the New York State Attorney General's office and the FBC all refuse to bring charges on Trump for this same fact pattern. All right, well, let's take a break. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey today. When we come back, Trump's attorney is speaking. We've got Molly Hemingway from The Federals. Has an excellent take on all this. It's all Trump all the time. He's indicted. It's Kendall Casey, 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. It's all Trump all the time. Yeah, 45 indicted, and they think Tuesday will be the arraignment day, perhaps. 30-plus charges. I mean, it is, Ethan, it is, I mean, it's sad time. It's a scary time, but it is an unprecedented time in American history. Is Trump going to go peacefully? Is he going to march over there to New York on Tuesday? That's the question, right? I think he will. Um, and we'll get to Ron DeSantis' response on this because he might be have to be a part of this, or he's saying he's not going to be a part of it. But Florida, in some capacity, may be involved if Trump indeed refuses to go. The state of New York can't compel the state of Florida to participate in their criminal proceedings, can't they? That's, well, not, that's not how the Constitution works. Well, so uh, let's see here. When is the NRA convention what are the exact days of the nra convention uh it's coming up yeah so the nra convention is going to be here this is what's hammer nigel and i were texting about this last night in our little group thread the nra convention is supposed to be here the 14th through the 16th it's going to be in indianapolis trump is one of the featured speakers so theoretically ethan and i don't think this will happen but theoretically we could have a world where donald trump is a wanted man. He's got a warrant out for his arrest. It shows up in Indianapolis <laughs> to speak at the NRA convention. This place, even if Trump has already been the mugshot and the processed and whatever, this place is going to be a zoo 
on the 14th mm-hmm. through the 16th. I don't know exactly what day he's speaking, but this place is going to be insane. Packed. Maybe they'll let me work from home that day. Uh, lots of action across the country, obviously, as people respond and commentate and weigh in on what's happened related to the Trump indictment. We're spending much of our show today focused on that. Uh, one of Trump's attorneys, her name is Alina Haba, um, she, uh, she spoke on this and said the case is legally pathetic. We all are aware that um, this is probably the most legally pathetic case that we've seen. Um, And just knowing the facts as I know them, based on comments to the press by people like Michael Cohen, who they're resting their case on, I think his sentiments are uh, that this is a result of him leading in the polls, doing incredibly well. Um, he is the leading candidate, as we know. And when people are afraid of someone being successful and fixing the mess that our country is, they come after you. So this is the same thing that President Trump has been dealing with for um, years. And I, I can't say that he's surprised. Uh, I, I don't think that would be how I would describe his state of mind. I think that he's disappointed in what has become uh, a sad day for our country. That was over at Fox News. Now, speaking of Fox News, Molly Hemingway, she uh, works for The Federalist. She had just an absolutely excellent take on this, talking about how these are dark times and this is not going to ultimately be good for the country. Well, it's a very dark day. One of the things that we cared about in this country for a very long time was to be a nation ruled by law and not by men. This ushers in what will probably be a very dark era of political persecution and prosecution, the type that we normally associate with the Soviet Union or with banana republics. You know, during the Stalin era, it was common to say, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. It didn't matter, you know, whether someone had broken any law, they would figure out a way to charge and convict them of that for political opponents. And you see this all the time in third world countries where political opponents who are deemed a threat to the current regime are charged with crimes. This is not good for this country. It is very sad. You know, in Washington and D.C., these are towns consumed, really obsessed with hatred for President Trump and the movement that he ushered in. Many Americans of of all sorts of different political persuasions love this country. We want to be ruled by law. We don't want to see this type of political um, prosecution and it is you know it is election interference and it is something that is you know people who care about the country need to need to uh, stand up and make sure that they let it be known that they do not support this type of political prosecution good take but Rob, Nancy Pelosi says this is based on facts in the law. I have I have the tweet right here. She oh. said she said the grand jury has acted upon the facts and the law. No one is above the law and everyone has the right to a trial to prove innocence. Hopefully, the former president will peacefully respect the system which has granted him that right. So oh. th- there you go. Cl- case closed. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I, I guess if you've been getting away with insider trading for 30 years that uh, I mean, it's a strong take to say no one's above the law. It's a re- 
really strong flex from Nancy Pelosi. It is the Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey today. I'm Rob Kevins here. We'll get back to more Trump stuff top of next hour. But there is a big event going on here locally, Ethan, and uh, we've talked about it a lot this week. People opening those property tax bills showing up in the mail. I've had a cavalcade of people over the last couple days uh, sending me messages saying, well, I guess you were right. And I said, I'm almost always right. That's why I'm here. That's why they pay me the big bucks. You should not doubt me. Now, you were telling me you have been too uh, fearful and timid to even open your property yes, tax bills I as of yet. I haven't even looked. Last year's assessment was up about 10%. So that was a, turned a $10,000 bill into an $11,000 bill for 19 <laughs> properties in the center of Indianapolis. Think about this. So you own, so people may not know this, you you earn your living uh, not from broadcasting here. Oh, no. That's your, as we like to say, your money you walk around with. The fun money. Yeah. Uh, your actual living is you own multiple properties and you rent those out and you provide housing for people across central Indiana. Correct. I am what many refer to as the landlord. Oh, yes. I don't like that term because I'm not a lord over anything. I prefer the term housing provider. And we've gone through in the past on this show about how people like you, the people who rent the apartments and the houses got totally screwed during COVID, couldn't collect your rent, yet you had to keep paying your property taxes. More you had than to- 30 $30,000 of damage sustained by the unconstitutional state seizure of yeah. property. And Holcomb just said, shut up and pay, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we're st- we are still involved in litigation against the state that's headed up by Laura Guy, uh, Mark Rutherford, and the Indiana Property Rights Association. Yeah, but those people aren't running a soup. I like Rutherford. He's great. We have him on the show all the time. He ain't running a soup kitchen over there. That cost you money to file that thing, didn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, but, uh, but, but it's definitely a cause worth fighting for. Yeah, absolutely. And we hope you guys win and win big time um, because how the the property owners have been were treated during covid is just horrific like a thumb screw well you know it, it's easy for guys like Holcomb to do that with the alligator arms when they're, they're never spending their own money but we were i mean it is pathetic the amount of increase that people are seeing across the state and even take what you got last year which was before the dramatic increases took effect i can't imagine what you're going to get hit with this year more, $1,000 out of your wallet for what? Did the government get $1,000 better? And the thing about that is it's money that could be going to employees. It's money that could be going to improvements. It's money that could be going to things that are actually productive and beneficial to the city. Instead, it's going to taxes, and they can't manage to use our tax money to even fix the roads while we drive around. Yeah, it's part of the it's the broader question, and we've asked this many times, and I'll continue to ask it, which is where does the money Go. I mean, the governments, the state governments, the local governments, the federal governments, they just consume colossal amounts of money. And like we're talking about here, you paid them $1,000 more than you did the year before. For what? Your government didn't get any better. Where does the money go? I think a proposal, because this is an issue that has energized you, obviously, quite passionately, um, and we talked about it off air a little bit. Proposition 13 from California. My producer, Carl, has been hounding me. Producer Carl! He's been hounding me for months uh, to bring up this issue. I I know you're against uh, uh, taxing assets that haven't been monetized, but this is something that could potentially cap that in a more substantive way. In California, in 1978, Proposition 13 uh, put all real property at an uh, has uh, established base values and a restricted rate of increase on assessments no greater than 2% annually. Wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. So this is super liberal California 
Who's well, passed during the Nixon years? Yeah, That's but, why it's, they got but away it's with but it. it's still there. Uh, Nixon ain't there no more. And uh, and so th- so this this is this is in California. So even California has a better property tax plan than we do here. Correct. They have a better cap on the ability to increase property taxes every single year than we do here in Indiana. And We're losing to California. And the property tax is limited to 2% of the total assessed value. Now, what's it say again? Um, it's capped at no uh, no greater than 2% annual increase, and uh, the property tax rate is 1% of the assessed value of the property. We're losing to California. <laughs> but hey, the Indiana Republicans say, shut up and pay. Ethan Hatcher in for Casey. Donald Trump Jr. audio when we return. He's using profanity. It's the Kendall and Casey Show 93 WIBC. Stop.